Here's the question that everyone asks me when we come to Rosh Hashanah. We sing, dip the apple in the honey, make the bracha loud and clear. Sing with me. Okay, so how can dipping the apple in the honey give me a sweet new year? What's with that? Now, the truth is that it's not just about dipping the apple in the honey. There's a lot of stuff like that that we do on Rosh Hashanah. Did you know that on Rosh Hashanah, you're not meant to be angry? You shouldn't be angry all year round. But on Rosh Hashanah especially, we have a Jewish law. It's actually instituted in the Jewish law. No anger. Don't get angry. Not only don't get angry, because it's a bad omen for the year that you will get agitated throughout the year. Huh? Okay, what else do we have? We, have, we, we look at the head of a fish or a uh, lamb, and we say, may this year be, may, may this year allow us to be the head and not the tail. Huh? What's with that? Okay, let's carry on. What else do we do? We eat carrots because it's gezel and it sounds like gazal, which means to decree. And we say, Hashem, let's eat this carrot. May you decree on us good decrees. Who's coming to us for Rosh Hashanah? Anyone here coming to us for Rosh Hashanah? Yeah. So we're going to have this party before we actually eat the meal. And we're going to take out all these different vegetables and say all these things. Okay, so... We, there's an idea that you shouldn't sleep too much on Rosh Hashanah because you want to have a meaningful, fulfilling year. You know, when we say on Rosh Hashanah, we say, May we live. King that wants life. Give us life. What do you think we mean? Physical life only? There's two types of life. That's why Chaim in Hebrew is in plural. Like you have Achim, which means brothers, safsalim, which means benches, I don't know. Uh, when you say in plural, you add yud mem at the end of it. That's why mayim, by the way, water, is in plural too, because it's a multitude of many uh, particles, right? It's many small uh, H2O, right? It's, it's uh, many drips together, which forms the ocean. But when, when we look at um, chayim, there's two words. It's, it's plural. You know that. Chayim is plural. It, it's like saying, hey, uh, um, Hashem, please give me lives. Huh? I should be saying, give me life. We don't say that. We translate it as life, but really it's chayim, which is plural. The truth is, the reason is because life has two aspects to it. There's the physical aspect of life, and then there's the spiritual aspect of life. You can have somebody who's alive, but is in, dead in their spirit, dead in their soul. No meaning, no purpose, no connection to the neshama, no connection to the shofar blowing, right? Because that's what it represents, the soul. There's no connection to the inner spark. And that's because they didn't develop it. They didn't open it up. So what we got to do is connect to the neshama, to the soul. And um, where was I? I don't know. Lost it. ADD. But, oh, chayim, life. 
So we ask for many, two types of lives. We don't just want one life. We want physical life and we want spiritual life. We want meaning. So when it comes to Rosh Hashanah, we ask and we say, I want a meaningful year. I'm not meant to sleep during the day, only in the night. Try and avoid sleep, not like the regular Shabbat. Because, uh, because I want to have a meaningful year ahead. Interesting. Really? Is that going to give me a good year? So what's going on here? What really is going on here? What's the message? What is with all this stuff? Even the shofar. Really? If I listen to the shofar, that's it? The sound? Doo, that's it? It's, it's going to have an effect on me? It's going to give me a good year? What's really going on here? All these little omens, which are called simana. Siman is a sign. It's an omen. How can they actually affect me in the future? So we have to also know that when we celebrate something, we're celebrating something that was once. What, was, what are we celebrating on Rosh Hashanah? Sukkot is because they were in huts when they left Egypt. Passover is because we got... We had to leave Egypt and we, we, had, we had to pass over. God passed over the houses, right? We're commemorating something. What are we commemorating on Rosh Hashanah? What happened historically on Rosh Hashanah? Does anyone know? Creation of Adam. The creation of Adam. Exactly. The creation of the universe was before that, a few days before. We don't know, even though we say it's Chafhei Be'elul, the Gemara says, the Talmud says, in our day and age, after the world was created, the 25th of Elul, which was this past Monday, is the day that the world was actually created. But it's very hard to say that because it's true that it was six days and then the seventh day was Shabbat and the sixth day Adam was created. But the fourth day was when the stars actually came to be. So the first day, second day, third day is much, much longer than a day. Because we measure a day today, a day today, by the stars. We have all the stars, and, and they influence time. Meaning, yes, time is influenced by physical matter, um, but at the end of the day, it's also the day is measured. 24 hours is the median of sunlight and the, the pattern of the sun and the orbit of, of the earth around the sun as well. So you've just, everything about our... Um, our timing in terms of the 24 hours is based on our planets and it's based on the stars and that all came including the sun and the moon so that all only came on the fourth day we were created on uh, the sixth day so you can't really calculate time the first day was not 24 hours it's very hard to explain it in terms of 24 hours because there were there were there was no influence of uh, the stars yet at that point. Anyway, that's just a, a separate point. But what I want to get to here is that um, it's commemorating the day that Adam was created. On that day, what happened? He got a physical body which came from earth and he got a soul. Okay? That's why it says... Um, it says... yashuv as soon as somebody's spirit leaves them, what happens to them? The body falls back down. By the way, that's why the soul is also God. Is One of his names is Emet, truth. If you look at the word Emet, it has the word Met in it, death. Ever thought about that? 
Emet, Aleph, Mem, Taf. It has Met in it, Death. And it also has Aleph. Aleph is the spirituality. Without the Aleph, without God, you just have death. Without the spirituality in the world, you have death. There's nothing really alive there. So what I'm saying is that there's no meaning. There's no reason for it to exist. It has no purpose. It's just an organism that lives for a certain amount of time, but it has no reason. It's like, it's like anything that's dead. The minute you take spirituality, Aleph represents God. Aleph goes in all directions. It means Aluf. It's one. Its numerical value is one. You take out Aleph and you just have death. Also Adam. If you take out Aleph from Adam, you just have damn blood. It's just physicality. Aleph represents the spiritual um, aspect of within us. And if you take that away, when the soul leaves, Yeshuv the body just falls back to earth by naturally through gravity, because that's what it's that's it's just earth. So when I on Rosh Hashanah, Adam was created. He was created with a soul. And the way that the Torah explains it is blew into his nostrils the spirit of life. And that's the shofar. The shofar is exactly that. It's us breathing the breath of God. It's coming from our inside through our mouth. And we're making an, a sound, a clear sound. In Judaism, the shofar I'm going to answer the last question as well. I may as well. But the shofar is used for many things. It's used to announce a new king. It's a new, uh, used to announce the new year. It's uh, used to announce the jubilee. It was used to announce change on fast days where people wanted to make a change or, or an awakening. So the shofar is an a, a idea of change and also an idea of recognizing the Creator. It says that when Mashiach comes, we're going to hear also we're going to blow the shofar. When they inaugurated the temple, they used the shofar. They blew the shofar. So the shofar represents renewal, change, um, and the neshama as well, the soul, the spirituality. And that was on the first day when Adam was created. So... What we want to do on Rosh Hashanah is connect or plug in to our inner soul. How do you plug into the soul? How do you plug into the soul? Does anyone know? How do you plug into your neshama? It's very simple. All you do is do, you just light it up a little bit. It says, Gabe, translate that. <laughs> right? It says, open me. The opening of a needle, and I will open for you the openings of palaces, the openings of halls and banquets. Meaning, basically, Judaism says if you just make a small effort, the rest will miraculously come in its way. Just do the first initial change. And that's why we have a rule. That we're plugging in. What we're doing on Rosh Hashanah is we're plugging in to that energy on the first day, which was when we were created. We're plugging into that day where we were given the soul. And, and, and what do we do? We want to get back into that, that being. By the way, on that first day, Adam also, also sinned. He shouldn't have eaten from the tree. And he did. So we also want to recognize that this is a day of Teshuvah. God still accepted him, took him out of the Garden of Eden, but he still accepted him. And we want to plug into that day of acceptance as well, 
of teshuva. So we want to change. We want to grow. How do we do that? We do something small. We, do, we make small efforts which will lead to major change. It's the same in relationships. It's the same in everything in life. When you feel like you're worthless, you're not doing much, you're not succeeding, you're not achieving, all you got to do in a relationship also, you know, the conversation is going wrong, we're not talking right, we're not being respectful to each other. It just takes one flower, it takes one note to start changing the pattern. And it starts going up that way. It takes one annoying comment or one joke oh, I was just joking, to make the relationship go that way. And it's contagious. You know, it's good is contagious and so is bad. Just like we're seeing now in the world with the peace treaty that's being made with the um, Arab Aramates and, Arab and then the UAE and then, uh, sorry, I can't pronounce them right. And then now Bahrain is following and soon Saudi Arabia. It's it's contagious. Good is contagious and so is bad. And it's the same in a relationship and it's the same in everything. We just got to plug in to wanting the good. If you want the good, you'll make it happen. If you don't want it, you won't make it happen. We just got to plug in to that want inside of us. And that's how... So that's what Rosh Hashanah really is. That's what dipping the apple is. I, I dip the apple in the honey. It's not the act that really does, it's the intention that does something. What's the intention? I want to plug in. I want to plug into myself to wanting to be good. That's what I want to plug in. I need to do something small, tiny. Dip it in honey and say, I want this year to be sweet. I want to plug into that energy of wanting to be good. That's all. It says, The way you want to go is where you will go. Rabbi Desta says, ki, ki, he says that your will is your essence. That's who you really are. Think about that for a second. Your will is your essence. Who are you really? Your, your arm, your, your thoughts. Your, your will is your essence. That's what will drive you. That's what will take you. That's what will make you. So we just got to plug in and make our will the will of God. That's all. We've got to just do small things. That's what we're doing. We're, we're dipping the apple in the honey and I say, I want to have a sweet year. Judaism is not just about mundane actions. It's about the intention. What's the intention? I'm sparking off a good intention for my year. And by the way, we have a rule in Judaism. Hakol holech Everything goes by the beginnings. You know how it works in the physical world? How does the physical world work? You know how? When you have a tree at the beginning, the more you manipulate the beginning, the more effect you have to it in the future. You take a seed of a fruit, for example, right? And you make a hole in one area of it. When you put that in the ground and it grows into a tree, what you did to that seed has a huge effect on the tree if it would grow. You take a seed of... If, you know, think about a fetus. If a small point of damage is made at the time of birth, at that moment of birth, or or even prior to the birth, something was done to damage. They say smoking is bad for the alcohol is bad for the baby. Just a small thing that you do can affect that baby forever. That child will be affected forever. 
Because Judaism teaches that the, the beginning spark that you plug into has a huge effect in the future. And we want to plug into a good spark. So that's why we want to make sure that those two days of Rosh Hashanah are as spiritual as possible so it can affect me all the way along the year ahead. It's, we see this also in the way that the world was created. The initial creation was Bereshit in the beginning. In the beginning, it had everything. When you look at a tree, it says, Ki Adam o etz hasadeh. human is like a tree. I see Omri, you want to say something, but one second, let me just finish. We say, Adam o etz hasadeh. human is like a tree. Think about a tree. As each year goes on, it's harder to manipulate the tree. The beginning, what happens at the beginning when you plant the tree? It's flexible. Have you thought about this? You can move it. Oh, it's growing too close to my house. It's growing in that direction of my house. What do you do? Uh, no problem. You get a stick, you put it next to the tree, and you tie a string around it, and you make it move in the other direction. You could do that. But once the tree has grown after a good few years, it's much harder to manipulate the tree. It's got its, its trunk, and you just can't move that. There's no way you can move that. And if you want to manipulate it and have changes on that tree, you've got to do real work. You've got to cut off its branches. You've got to cut off its arms and cut off that side and that side. Really hurt the tree. But at the beginning, when the tree's young, you can manipulate it. That's why we believe, actually, that marriage in a young age is easier than, the, than later on. Because the more you develop yourself into a developed personality, then the harder it is for you to adapt and... Um, and uh, compromise for the other person that's in front of you. Because marriage is all about compromising. So the, the, the more you plug in to the beginning of you, the more manipulation you can have. With a child, chinuch, growing up a child. There's two aspects to growing up. You can, you can have manipulation on your child. You want to manipulate. I don't brainwash my child. I, I, I look at my child like the tree. It, and the tree at the beginning is more flexible. I'm the one that can direct which direction it will grow. I could also make it go upside down if I want to. Some, a bad parent will turn their tree, the, which is the child. Adam Sasadeh, humans like a tree. They'll take the child, turn it the wrong way around, upside down. What's the point in that? That's right. It's called abuse. That's what abuse does. It takes the beginning of the child, that that precious 10, 20 years of that child's life, and 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 Turn it the wrong way around. Those are the years where we need to grow that tree. It's a flexible tree. We need to have a stick on the side of it to make sure it goes in the right direction. But once it hits a certain age, as each year goes by, the manipulation and the ability of the parent to influence the child is harder. Manipulation sounds negative. But the ability for the parent to influence their child in a good way. It's not manipulate, but influence the child in a good way. Once the child hits 20, what are you going to do? 25, you're still telling your child what to do? It's, it's, it's not going to work. So what we want to do is plug into the beginnings. A whole year, according to Judaism, is dependent on the beginning. What do I want to do on the beginning? Count down mm -hmm. till 12 o'clock a.m., and say 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, and set off a ton of fireworks. Is that what we want to do? That sounds fun. It sounds fun, but that's not Judaism. Judaism says 
Do something more deep. Pl- what, what are you plugging in when you plug into the new year? By the way, a birthday is also plugging into your beginning also. And that's why your birthday has a moment where you can bless people and it's a special day for you. But especially Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah, you're plugging in to that beginning, that, that initial creation of the soul. And if, if we're able to just do small things, we can manipulate our entire year. The place that you really want to go is where you will end up going eventually. So that's why we do all those omens on Rosh Hashanah. Are there any thoughts, ideas, something yeah. you'd like to share? Yes, Omri. No, so I was going to say the whole idea of uh, everything is determined by the head. I mean, in some ways, it's a little bit extreme. I think, though, that it goes along with all these, um, I don't know if I call them quasi-psychological, but psychologically related concepts of, uh, you know, I don't want to say mind over matter, but this idea that your attitude changes everything. So you could say that your attitude at the beginning of the year would directly or indirectly cause, have a butterfly effect on your attitude towards everything at the end of the year. I don't know, you, you would that would probably speak to you at some level. I was also going to say, what well, is there a double significance if your uh, Hebrew birthday falls on, on Rosh Hashanah? Good question. I don't know. That's a very good question. Does it make it more powerful in any way? Maybe, maybe. It's not exactly. It's a bet betishrei, but oh well. Close yeah. enough. Well, uh, is it really? That's your birthday? Oh, wow. Well, that's, it is. It's very special. Wow. Now we know why. <laughs> Mazal tov. Oh, well, it's not my birthday yet. Anyway, thank you, Rabbi. Well, soon. I won't be able to congratulate you on Bet Betishrei, so I can do it now. <laughs> so anyway, but that's my... Uh, that's the message of Rosh Hashanah. Don't underestimate the beginnings in marriage as well. What a person does, that's why Shanari Shona in marriage is a very important year, first year of marriage. Because the way that we interact with each other in that first year, even though it's going to be the hardest year, but if it's respectful, if we manage to deal with our differences in a respectful fashion, it's going to affect the marriage later on in life as well. Because everything's a chain. Every minute that happens is a chain from the past minute, past day, past month. And, and it's all affected by the beginnings. So uh, we, we also believe that the first day of a child, what they hear, what they see, the Talmud teaches of one of the great rabbis, uh, I forgot which one, and they asked him, how did you come so great? He says, he says, I think it's because my mother. So he said, why? They said, because when I was born, even when I was, couldn't understand anything, I was a little baby, my mother would take me to the walls of the study hall, to the Beit HaMidrash, and she would take me there, even if I couldn't understand anything. And she would sit me there just to, to hear the sound of the, of the Torah study. <laughs> Can you imagine how much love the Jewish people have for Torah education? It's, it's mind-blowing. But he would take her, she would take him every single day. You might say, what's the point in that? It's a baby. No. Judaism says that even a child that doesn't understand anything is affected, is affected by the small little details that happen at the beginning and it has a huge 
impact in the future. During pregnancy, a, a, a pregnant woman is, according to us, we have tradition, she shouldn't see things which are violent or anything of a sort because that would impact the baby. So everything we do needs to be done in that one. Thank you.